to the midweek edition of the Progress with Unity podcast. Adam and Paul and Barry. Very much enjoyed your interview with the uh, Chris Foy. Definitely recommend that as a listen. Yeah, I was going to mention it later on, but the master's doing that, yeah. Spoke with Chris Foy, former Premier League referee. Did an interview with him. The podcast went out on Monday as a special for people to listen to. He's had loads of good feedback for Chris, not for me. He's <laughs> given us a good insight into his own career and also career progression for people who aspire to be either an assistant or a full referee. It was very interesting. Knowledgeable fella, as you'd expect. He even wrote you a quiz, Barry. He started asking me questions. I said, I'm here to interview you, not you viewing me. But uh, anyway, it's all added to the to the fun and, yeah, great bloke. And he said he's going to going to come to a, a game or two with us as well. So, he lives in St. Helens. He's an Everton fan, but... I can get him to preview the Championship game. We're going to Everton next year. <laughs> hey, <laughs> hey, we've got it though. That's a cracking call like that. We went to Hillsborough last night. It was Sheffield Wednesday 1, Wigan Athletic 0. I thought it was a poor game from both sides. Possibly, in my opinion, the worst we've played this season. But that's not to say the head's exploding, <laughs> which it isn't. I think Sheffield Wednesday looked like a bit of a bogey team for us. They're very physical and they just caught with us and we found it difficult to cope with them. Yeah, that Barry Barron's given us the run around more than once, hasn't he? Yeah, we, we had a, a really good chance after about six minutes. Tom Naylor tried to leather it into the back of the net, missed the target, probably would have been better off side-footing it. And I think that was a type of chance that Will Keane would have lapped up. Not the first time we've we've had what looks like a good chance early doors and then kind of drifted, is it, when we've missed what would look to be a fairly straightforward chance. Yeah, I think if that had gone in, it would have been a totally different game. But, you know, you have these chances. And then we had a, a chance later on when Tendai Dariqua hit the post with a, a volley. After a quickly and well-taken free kick that sent... Cal Wang away down the right-hand side. He knocked the ball into the box. It found its way eventually to Tendai de Riqua. He struck a, a good shot at the foot of the post. Come out, McGuinness poked it home, but it was ruled out for offside. And if you look at the replay, it clearly were offside. So there's no complaints there. And then in the second half, the decision that changed the game, the, the penalty. Our good fr- Kevin said no penalty. Our Sheffield Wednesday friend. So I think that says it all, doesn't it? I've, I've got written down here, disjointed. And that's what I thought we were last night, very disjointed. Yeah, you've also got written down the switch in formation twice, which tells you how disjointed it was, doesn't it? You know, it's that searching for something to click again. We obviously found it early season. And then once a few injuries hit that settled side as it was, we've now put ourselves in a position or we've been put in the position where we're having to search for it again. I mean, in my view, last week, the change, whatever, after half an hour against Oxford worked. Not, I mean, obviously we scored straight after it. Those things happened, but we were better in the game and we were miles better in the second half. Now, I'm not sure. It's hard to work out whether Sheffield Wednesday tweaked their formation to make sure that Lang couldn't get into the game or... Was it our change of formation that meant that Lang wasn't as effective in the game? It's, a, it's hard to say, really. I'd like to think it was probably down to Sheffield Wednesday, putting more men on him, really, because he was the outstanding player on the pitch, by far the best. I mean, uh, Bannon, Bannon aside, but, you know, ba- Bannon's earning about 50 grand a week, reportedly. So <laughs> let's take him out of the equation 
Callum Lang, outstanding in that first half, really looked to me like a, a proper Premier League player. You know, drifting into that position, the number 10 position, controlling the ball well, on the half turn, slipping passes in, ghosting past players. Brilliant, absolutely brilliant. And hopefully that if that continues for the rest of the season, we keep him fit. No one's going to be able to touch him. You know, he's absolutely superb. He's very explosive, isn't he? That chance that he set up for Zerico was, was his quick thinking and his determination running down that line. Another run that he made in the uh, in the first half, we went past about five players. It was like uh, Ricardo Villa in the cup final in 81. It was, <laughs> he, he was leaving him in his trail and then they ended up, they brought him down and we got a free yeah. kick for it. But well, Maradona, 86. Yeah. Why didn't Peter Reid bring him down? Well, because he couldn't get near him, Adam, that's why. <laughs> that's the, the type of performances Lang is pouring in week in, week out now, isn't it? And it's it's imperative that we keep him fit. I'll tell you what I did, did think last night. Will Keane sorely missed Will Keane last night. Get You know, where he drops, he gets on the ball, he'll do that little turn, he creates space, he'll pick a pass out. Really missed him. Yeah, it's that yeah. touch of creativity, isn't it? But also they can't double mark both of them, can they? So that's the other thing about it. If you've got Lang and Keane on the pitch, you're in a position where they've got to make a decision who's the most dangerous of the two, really. I just hope that the reports that he's back in training are true and that you know he'll be back in the in the squad before too long. As far as Sheffield Wednesday go, for me, they had Barry Bannon, who was quite skillful, and the rest were just like big, physical, hard-working players. I suppose, really, in in in, in likeness to, to the manager Darren Moore, who was big and strong, and yeah. you know that. I, I don't want to put this out there so other teams pick it up, but we seem to struggle a little bit when we play against sides like that. You know, the real physical sides, the big sides, and a little bit. Um, I, I think that alludes to the comments that some people have been saying about not trying to bang it up and and fight with them. For, for possession and keep the ball on the deck and pass it around because that's how you get around physical sides. I think we would have done if we could. We yeah. couldn't, that was big. the big problem last night is we couldn't pass it quickly enough because there wasn't enough confidence in the touch because the pitch was poor. I'm not making excuses because essentially you've got to adapt to your conditions. But the way that you were just describing it, Paul, if, if we'd been playing on a bowling green, beautiful slick pitch, we might have been able to just out-football them through the game, you know, and then, you know, the physicality wouldn't have come into it as much. But I think in a, a straight battle, I think they had the physical edge on us. You know, Keane's a strong lad as well, you know, we're missing Keane. White's a strong lad, missing him. Even Cousins, you know, in midfield, he's a strong lad, you know. So some of our stronger players are missing, who probably more equipped for the battle. And I think we I think we mentioned off there, didn't we, that maybe this might have been a game for Raya, really. Uh, rather than rather than Shinny, because he, he he's definitely up for a battle, and there were a few little tackles last night, you know, going in, and I think Raya would have uh, relished that. And I'm eating burgers now, so that's uh, perfect. Pom relished it. The stats on the game were 54% possession for the Latics. Shots we had seven, one on target. They had 11, four on target. Fouls we committed nine. They committed 14. One yellow, max power, and they picked up two. The attendance was 20,210. I don't know what the figures were for uh, away support, but I think they were about 700. Man of the match, very close. Two players, Tom Naylor and Curtis Tilt. 
with Tom Neil and just pipping it by the odd vote. That's how close it was. Now, I've been asked to give a thank you here. I've been contacted today by someone who went to the game last night and it was in the disabled section at Hillsborough. And they said the Sheffield Wednesday disability steward and also the disabled liaison officer were absolutely brilliant. They couldn't, couldn't praise them enough. They went out of the way to make sure everything was okay. It was in a, a part of the ground that had both sets of fans in it, and there was no difference in how, how the home fans and the away fans were treated. Nothing was too much trouble, and the, uh, they kept coming back throughout the game, asking, was everything okay? Is there anything they needed? And they were just really, really impressed with the the way they, they were with them and the hospitality that they showed. And I think it's... It's a nice thing to to give praise where praise is due. So it's really uh, it's heartwarming uh, that supporters are treated in this way when we hear some of the stories about stewarding around the country. So that's off to Sheffield Wednesday, and thank you very much for looking after our supporters. They're brilliant. And the the uh, steward's name was Kevin. It wasn't Kevin Carpenter, was it? <laughs> I don't know. He does everything else, so maybe it was. Yeah. <laughs> And then off the back of that game, which made the national news, obviously with uh, Zuma and his antics and rightly getting uh, lambasted, there were, a cat made an appearance on the pitch last night and Jason Kerr treated it with tenderness and picked it up and caressed it and carried it over the line and passed it on to a steward. And it's been uh, subsequently found that the cat, whose name is Topsy, has been missing for eight months and it's turned up at Hillsborough and it's, it was injured and Sheffield Wednesday have had it off to the vets and it's been treated and it's been given painkillers and it's been eating. So hopefully, hopefully it's going to be an happy ending to that. I think it's important, isn't it? You know, with animals that, you know, you treat them with care and we did, we treated them with care. Oh, very good, that Adam. Uh, like that one. We've had a bit of news uh, last night as well about Tello Asgard, a bit of disappointing news. Got a stress fracture and he's out for the rest of the season. So that's why he's not been uh, featuring as much as, you know, recently. So the mystery's been solved and, and unfortunately Tello's out for the rest of the season. It's bad news, that, isn't it? It is. Yeah, good, luck, good luck to him, hopefully. Um, yeah. you get, he'll get the best cur he can possibly get, won't he? So. You've got cur on the man, you? Sunderland Ticket Initiative. Oh. What a fantastic thing from the club this is. Every season ticket holder is allowed two free tickets for the Sunderland game if you want to take that option up and bring along two friends for free. Uh, well, I have any friends. Well, I know you're struggling a bit, but it's it's limited. The te- there's a time limit on it. You've got to get your applications in before the next Wednesday, the 16th, and, and get it started then because they're going on general sale then. So... Uh, if you want to take advantage of this fantastic offer for the Sunderland game on the 26th of February, get it done now. Do it online. It has to be done online. Charlton Athletic in town on Saturday. Uh, they lost last night at Bolton. Both teams come into this game off the back of a defeat. And uh, we've been speaking, or you've been speaking, Adam, haven't you, to John Stevens, 
Yes, I have. Uh, another friend of the show. He's now on his uh, fourth appearance on the show. So uh, over to you, John Boy. Good evening, guys. Thanks for having me back on again. Fourth time's a charm. Really appreciate it. It's a disappointing night for us both last night. So I'm hoping for a good game come Saturday as we both look to bounce back. Since we last played uh, you guys back in August, we've had uh, Johnny Jackson take over the team. He replaced Nigel Adkins. Um, who by the end of his tenure just could not get the team going. Started off really well at the end of last season when he first came in. I think we won like 10 out of 12 or something like that. It was uh, it looked <laughs> it looked very promising, but he couldn't get a tune out of them at the beginning of the season. I think we went 12 with just one win. By the end, you know, it, it, it was it was going to happen eventually. Uh, probably a couple of games too late to be fair. But Johnny's come in. Uh, he's been at the club for many years, player, captain, and he was assistant manager to both Lee Bowyer and Adkins and was always going to be welcomed uh, to the hot seat with enthusiasm by us. Um, he, he, he's loved. He's loved by us. So, um, yeah, I'm, I'm, I'm looking forward to hopefully the next, uh, you know, two, three, four, five years with him in charge, hopefully. But as we know, football's a uh, yeah, funny game at times. Uh, with him in charge, the work rate has gone through the roof. That's had a direct impact in the upturn of results. And we're actually, you know, we are a decent team to watch now. You know, we're quite free-flowing. Uh, we like to get it out on the wing, get the crosses in. Um, you know, to to a big guy up front, and one thing we wasn't doing, we haven't really done for a couple of seasons actually, is win second balls. Um, and he's instilled that into him. I think it's, uh, yeah, I think it's, uh, you know, upwards, upwards from here. Hopefully, uh, we've had a decent uh, January transfer window. We've had four in and four out, um, including our youngster uh, Mason Burstow. He was snapped up by Chelsea for, a, uh, I think, we worked out a couple of million quid with massive. Sell on fees apparently, but um, yeah, the yeah, exact details I'm not massively sure of, but I think it's like two million up front to start with, and that's pretty much paid for everything else and kept a few quid in the kitty. Uh, we've had Fraser come in from Ipswich, he was uh, a tidy sum apparently, uh, and I'm really hoping he can replicate some of the form that he showed for Milton Keynes the season before last because he absolutely run us ragged when he uh, when he played at the valley for Milton Keynes. I'm hoping that uh, you know he's going to be that missing piece. I think uh, something we've missed uh, is a number ten. So I'm hoping maybe, uh, although this season is a bit of a write-off, next season maybe a little promotion push with a couple of extra bodies in. Yeah, he's, he's he looks a decent player so far. Along with Fraser, uh, we've had two loan deals come in, two youngsters, uh, and for 300k we've signed Chuckson Ek from Birmingham. Uh, he was our top goal scorer um, last season. Um, with Jaden Stockley injured, we've really needed cover up front. Uh, we've been really, really light. Uh, Connor Washington, who for me has been one of our better players this season, he likes to run off of a target man and play the channels. He works well with a bigger guy, so I'm hoping we'll uh, we'll see them both start on Saturday. As for player of the season so far, I'm going to have to go with uh, George Dobson. Uh, no frills. Uh, he came in from Sunderland whose fans laughed at us uh, when the news broke. But he has been an absolute rock uh, sitting in that central defensive midfield position. Uh, Nigel Adkins didn't like him. It was him that brought him to the club, but I think it was it was a case of, you know, he was going free, uh, we'll get him in. But as I say, Adkins didn't like him, uh, dropped him after like two or three games. Um, and Johnny brought him back in um, day one against Sunderland. Uh, and he's never looked back, probably the first name on a team sheet now. Um, as for a prediction on uh, for Saturday, 
unfortunately, I think you're going to nick it by a goal. Um, home advantage uh, and a strong team. Um, I've watched a couple of your games recently. Um, you play some free flowing, really nice football, which I've got. High, which is why I've got high hopes for Saturday. That you know, uh, regardless of the um, of the scoreline, I think it's going to be a good game. Promotion wise, I think Rotherham have probably got it sealed up. I know you guys have got games in hand, but um, you know the, the the points you know that they've got on the board already. I think they'll uh, they'll be okay for the end of the season. So I think they're going to take top spot. But you guys are kind of coming second. Playoffs are a bit of a lottery. The only thing uh, certain um, you know for the playoffs is that Sunderland's going to bottle it again. Apart from that, um, I hope you have a good rest of the season. Uh, hope to speak to you the season after next. Hopefully we're both in the championship by then. So yeah, good luck, you guys. Take care and speak to you soon. Ta-da. Very interesting, you know, in terms of the uh, change of manager and what impact that had on the team. He seems very positive about that moving forward. He's realistic about this season, but positive about moving forward, but not positive enough to predict a win for Charlton. He's gone for a narrow defeat. So I don't know what that means for us. Could it jinx us or could it be that he is the master of predictions? Okay, let's have some ref watch for the Charlton game then. The referee will be Tom Neal from West Yorkshire, who has been on the national list of referees since the 2017-18 season. And he has refed us three times previously, all at the DW Stadium. The last time he refereed us being the 2-1 win over Doncaster in September. Tom Neal has refereed Charlton twice, both the way from the Valley. A 2-0 win at Walsall in November 2018 and a 1-0 defeat at Shrewsbury earlier this season. And his card watch for this season is 23 games, 98 yellows, 3 reds, and 5 penalties. That's Tom Neald, who will be a referee against Charlton on Saturday. I think we're going to have some previous 15 times we've played. We've won 6, drawn 3, and lost 6. The first meeting in the Premier League, 20th of August 2005, a 1-0 defeat, which was our second defeat in the Premier League. Darren Bent scored the only goal in the 42nd minute. The return fixture in December was a 3-0 win. Henri Kamara grabbing Latic's first top-flight hat-trick. Bonus points if you can name the other hat-trick scorers in the Premier League ahead of next week. The last meeting earlier this season at the Valley was a 2-0 win with Tendai Dariqua at left-back scoring and debutant James McLean grabbing the goals. They're currently in 13th with 39 points in 30 games. Recent form, reasonable. A draw, three wins and a defeat. Over to Barry for the predictions. Yeah, well, I think uh, I'm with uh, John. I think it's going to be a narrow victory for the Latics. I'm going to go for a 2-1 Latics win. I'll go for a repeat of the scoreline from when we played them down at the Valley. And, but I will this time give the 2-0 win to the home team. I think we'll freshen this get freshen this up a bit. Couple of changes to the team, I think. I think that'll do us good. That said, I think it's going to be a little bit of a nervy game. And therefore, let's go for a narrow 1-0 win for Wigan Athletic. Excellent stuff. And uh, there's a full programme at the weekend. Quick run through the fixtures. Accrington v Crew, Wimbledon play Sunderland, Burton and Cambridge, Cheltenham and Fleetwood. 
Lincoln take on Wickham Wanderers. Milton Keynes Dons play Ipswich Town. Morecambe Gillingham, Oxford and Bolton. Plymouth Shrewsbury, Portsmouth Doncaster, us and Charlton. And then on Sunday, the South Yorkshire Derby, Sheffield Wednesday will play Rotherham. Quick final thought for me, Barry. The first time since October, there's a bit of red on our table. So let's all stay positive. We'll be back on Sunday with all the reaction to the Charlton game. In the meantime, up the ticks. Up the ticks. Up the ticks. Come on. <laughs>